This is Radio Maria and this is the morning show Culture Tuesday. This show is every Tuesday at nine o'clock in the morning and then rebroadcast again at 4.30 p.m. So for you guys listening in the afternoon... Good afternoon. Today, as always, I've got Father Toby with me. Hello, Father Toby. Hello, Helena. Hello, listeners. Great to be with you. What's the weather like in London? Oh, grim. Oh, it's grim in Cambridge uh, as well. Yeah. There was a magnificent, uh, like, colours in the sky at about five o'clock this morning. Um, not trying to virtue signal. I'm not normally awake at five. Uh, I think my room was freezing and rain might have been coming through. But, uh, there was, yeah, the colours in the sky were amazing, but that was because of the amount of cloud. Um, but no, it's been really rubbish. See, that's one thing that we have to appreciate about cloudy days or rainy days is the drama that you get to see in the air and uh, and then the rainbow, of course, afterwards. Yeah, but Which as I- Mary J. Blige said, I could do with no more drama. <laughs> I just want I just want undramatic sunshine. <laughs> I do I do love a good bit of sunshine, which we got a bit of on Sunday here and there. Uh, I was celebrating the Fourth of July, and we had some rain, and then we had some beautiful sun, and then some rain. Uh, we we had <laughs> just quickly let me share the story. We uh, we had a, a marquee thing, a tent thingy, and we were eating underneath that, and then we had to move the. F- the food out of the way so we could use the long table for one of our American uh, ping pong games. Uh, but so we'd moved the food out under from underneath the tent and then all of a sudden it started pouring and then all our food got soggy and wet. Oh. But don't worry, what? Father Toby. If you need what? to know one thing about me, it's I'm always prepared and I've got loads of food in the house. So it was, it I'm was sure. Like, I'm sure. I was very pleased that uh, that England were defeating the USA in the rugby on the 4th of July. I found that timing quite enjoyable. That's what happened. Um, I kept saying there's some kind of game against England and USA today, but yeah. because the Euros had been in my head, I just forgot about rugby. Uh, was it a good game, at least? Did they put up a good front? Well, the English put the breakaway colony in their place. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it, they, the, the Americans did all right, actually. They, um, they, they didn't let their heads drop. Oh, they good. carried on competing the whole game. That's good. I'll take that. I'll take that. You, you know, you, you do want a good game and, and it's, it, we'll take that. We'll take that. But also, we've both had some exciting events this weekend as well. Uh, you, Father Toby, had a brother, not a biological brother, but a brother that uh, transformed. How do you say it when you've turned into, from a brother to a father? Is it ordained? Is it, what's it called? Yeah, ordained. There you go. Um, so he'd already been ordained a deacon. Um, he was a transitional deacon, and now he's been ordained to the to the priesthood, which was absolutely lovely. Uh, I was able to enjoy it, I think, more than I did my own ordination, which was the last ordination in this church because I was a bit more relaxed. And uh, the the variety of weather during the ordination was quite something as well. So we had points where it was pouring down with rain, and then gorgeous shafts of sunlight illuminating the the incense uh, really adding to the drama yes yes uh but it was yeah really it's a really joyful um occasion and an ordination and a a lovely sort of get because obviously so many people sort of help form a vocation and help help nourish it and uh and so lots of people from various different stages in life sort of coming together so it's a lovely get together it is a lovely well. get together. Was his family there? They were, yes. Um, yes, it was lovely to to have them with us. And uh, Father Lawrence even uh, 
gave his uh, his mother a, a a little little greeting in 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 their language at, at the end, which I think think went down very very well. Where's and, his family uh, from? His his mother is Malaysian. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Was yeah, that? It just sounds like Father Lawrence was showing off. <laughs> Don't tell uh, him I said that. <laughs> It could have, it, no, I think it, maybe a little bit. Um, but no, it was still it, nice. But I think it does mean a lot, and particularly to um, to, to the fa- family from Malaysia who are watching on, on the live stream, just oh. to hear a few words like that. And uh, you know, there's a little home, home away from home uh, for him, I think is quite reassuring and nice. It is. Father, I will say this. Father Lawrence is so good at making sure to include those people that are watching or, or participating online. Um, he, the masses that I've attended with, it's just he always mentions them. He always looks up and it's 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 really comforting and really nice. And I think it will be partly mainly, mainly but partly due to that beauty and that blessing that he gives those people at home that hopefully they will find the courage and confidence to come back to mass in person yes let's hope so what was the big hit for the meal was there a meal banquet afterwards we did we had uh it was in the like food set up in the cloister and then people sitting outside in the in the garden um was it Malaysian uh, food or uh, no? It wasn't. It was sort of a Costco food, but <laughs> yes. uh, done one of one of the stalwarts of our parish. Um, she gets a, a team of people together and uh, and sorts out all the all the catering. And um, Nula and and her team did a, a fantastic job as they as they did for my um, ordination. So you know, lasagna, yeah. chicken curry, like various cold cold things, but really, really pesto pasta, really really good spread. A and a fantastic for the, for the beautiful uh, image of St. Dominic and, uh, and nice words to, to Father Joseph on them. And then we had the, uh, the first mass last night, which was, which was wonderful. Um, very, very moving. Father Joseph was, was very moved during oh. the consecration. There was the real, the real gift clearly of feeling what he knew to be, to be true. And I think that, that gift of having your, your, your feelings being in, in, in accord with your with your intellect and so really experiencing the magnitude of of what he what he was what he was doing um, was very very beautiful. I got to experience uh, so in our local Cambridge, uh, Father now Father Michael Smith was ordained over the weekend, and I got to be part of his first mass on Sunday as well. And that is I was going to mention it, but you beat me to it. But that was. One of the specialist moments of the mass was seeing him do the consecration, and I was like, "I've I got to watch. I've got really got to." I was way. I was actually outside, <laughs> but I had to. I, you could see in, and I was like looking. I was like, "Oh, oh, oh!" And it it really, it's something so beautiful when they can feel it happening, and they're like, "This is yes." And ah, oh, it was. Re- it's like at weddings, what you really want to watch is the groom's face as the wa- as the bride comes up the aisle and he sees her for the first time. That's what you want to watch. And at the first mass, you definitely want to be tuned in on the priest doing the consecration. Yeah, yeah. What was the woman's name that helped with the uh, with the buffet? 
Nula. Nula. Oh, we let's can we remember to pray for her at the end because it's those kind of people that really help make things uh, extra special. Nula and who was it? And at Phyllis our... and all the team. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And then our parish team. Um, I don't really know the lady. She's always doing the coffee and teas, but she's at the eleven o'clock mass, and I'm not there, so I don't know her name. But the, we have a really fabulous uh, tea and coffee rota folks at our parish, so we'll keep them <clears> in our prayers too. Oh, so congratulations. Father Joseph. Congratulations, Father Michael. Uh, I'm hoping Father Joseph will be part of our upcoming vocation series, which is starting next week. Uh, We'll be looking at, Father Toby, I don't know if you know about this series, but we'll be looking at all the different sorts of vocations that there is in the Catholic Church. Uh, Oh, quiz time. All right, Father Toby, can you name all the vocations? Go. Well, I'm going to have to admit this is slight, it's, it's slightly con- con- contra- controversial subject. Um, <gasps> I didn't know that. Depending on what, 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 you th- what you think actually sort of constitutes uh, a, vo- a vocation. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, oh, look, see, join the series for controversy. <laughs> yeah, but um, Father Joseph might have a less controversial uh, uh, opinion than, than, than me. But I would, I would probably, the, the, li- the list of vocations within the church that I would give you would probably be shorter than the one that you were expecting. Oh, no. Well, let's but go with the, the short one. Let's go with the short one. Um, I would say uh, there's a, a vocation to, to religious life. There you um, go. To priesthood um, and to marriage um, in a analogous way. And perhaps to a vocation to, uh, to life as a, as a consecrated virgin. I where I would differ from what perhaps many people would say is uh, in in terms of just a vocation to single life more more generally. I think we have to. It's it's a little more complicated than 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 it's sometimes treated as. But the most important vocation is the vocation that exists for everyone, which is the 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 universal call to holiness. That's what vocation means from vocare, um, to be called, and we're all called to be holy. And so everybody has that vocation. So it's not a sense of if I don't have one of the primary vocations that somehow I'm without a vocation because we're all called to be holy. But then some people have an additional vocation with within that um, Beautiful. Like blanket, blanket blanket vocation that we have. But even say, like I, I don't like discussing the vocation to marriage and the vocation to... Um, to, to priesthood or, or religious life as if they were somehow sort of equivalent. I think they're quite different because marriage is a natural good. You don't, you don't have to have a call from God to know that it's good to get married or you might be happy to get married. Otherwise, we'd have a real population problem. <laughs> um, and all cultures, you know, even outside of Christianity, have established some form of, of marriage that's recognized as a natural good, but a vocation is, is a calling from, from God. And in terms of a particular vocation, I think normally it's a calling out of the natural way of being into a supernatural way of living. I love that. Uh, to be it's for listeners, don't you worry. A lot of the, uh, that's what uh, Sister Gemma is one of our guests. Uh, Father Michael Brooks is one of our guests. Father Dominic White is one of our guest presenters. And they have, when we were discussing about the show and how it should go, that is what they are definitely highlighting and they want to focus on as the vocation to lead and live a holy life. So, Father Toby, you hit the nail on the head. You, I, I was expecting you to say something something even more. I don't know, something more controversial. But that was good. That was good for the morning show, afternoon yeah. show. <laughs> but let's go on. 
to oh so the the vocation show the first episode is tuesday july 13th at 11 a.m and it'll be on the tuesdays all through summer starting at 11 a.m and then it'll also be rebroadcast during the week and also available as a podcast but let's get on to some football oh my goodness what a game on Saturday. I'm talking about the England one. I haven't really watched any other games. Apparently there were some exciting games earlier in the week as well. Oh, yeah. The tournament's really... It's probably been the most exciting Euros in, uh, well, in, a, in a long, long time. The, the tournament really sort of caught fire in a, in a big way with some amazing results, some amazing games, real, real, real drama. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, bring it on. Uh, yeah. I believe France, is that the France is supposed to be, is the favor to win? Is that what well, we're not, 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 not now. They're not in the tournament. Oh, oh my goodness. It says, says, says an Englishman with no smile on his face whatsoever. You know, that was said <laughs> with great compassion and feeling for any French listeners. <laughs> See, the, I'm telling you guys, I'm only focused on England because I can't busy my world with other things. Oh, no, they're out of the... Co- yeah, they went out on, pen, on, uh, on penalties in the uh, quarters to uh, Switzerland. Switzerland. Is Switzerland still in it or are they out too now? Uh, no, Switzerland are out. Oh, yeah. out so too. the the the, the, sem, the semi-finals are um, England, uh, Denmark, and uh, Spain, Italy. <gasps> wow, wowie, wow, wow! That's yeah. exciting. Oh, this is so exciting. Um, <laughs> Austria was doing well, but I guess they're out as well now. Um, but wow, wow, wow! Now. Why would we talk about, we've talked about football before, you and I, Father Toby, and just the amazingness of what it can do for a community, uh, be it the Premier League, be it especially the grassroots and the local community football teams and leagues. Uh, but let's talk about football and faith. What, what, what does football have to do? Father Toby, should we, pr- let's start with this. Should we pray to win? England, should we all, the English fans, should we be rushing off to church, lighting candles so that uh, we do well in the game on Wednesday? Uh, I won't, I won't be praying for, for England to win. Really? I'll be, I'll be massively supporting England to win, um, uh, you know, in a, in a really big way. And I'm, I'm pretty passionate about it, but uh, it's not something I'll be bringing into my prayer life oh you, um, it's you jesus and there's no room for football with the <laughs> like um i think somebody said to me the other day that you know god 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 enjoys the football but he doesn't care about the result <laughs> um, uh but my my one of my little sort of god children he told me he's you know he's he's 12 years old and he's been praying before the games for for oh. england to win um and i think that's really sweet and really lovely it is um, really sweet. He's, he's pretty pleased with God so far. So. <laughs> uh, one of the ways, the there is a chaplaincy for football. And one of the main chaplains for, uh, let me get his name for you. Uh, his Father name Vlad. is Matt, Matt Baker. Matt Baker. 
Right. He's part of Sports Chaplaincy UK. He's the National Director for England and Pastoral Support Director in English Football. And when asked, should we be praying for England to win? He said, it's not the winning. Like you said, God doesn't care about the outcome. It's wanting a safe game, a joyful game, and that friendships can be made through the game. So if you're out praying for England or whatever team, maybe keep those kind of objectives in your mind. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I, I just think, you know, like I, I love sport. I've, uh, when, when I was sort of competing seriously, I, I would sort of, I think I would pray that I would, I would play as, as, as well, as well as I could. Um, and, you know, slightly different sort of form of prayer to um, individual sports and, and team sports, I think. Uh, oh, how's it different to individual sports? Well, I, I, I think sort of uh, probably uh, probably got closer to praying that I would win um, in, <laughs> in for, for swimming. Uh, and perhaps in other, in other sports was more just like, you know, can I play as well as I can play today? Yeah. When I, um, during my sporting foray, which just in my, but, um, I would always, uh, pray for, uh, for, so like, I, it's like running the half marathon. That's like, that's by, but always praying that it was safe and that I would, uh, that Jesus would be a part of my, uh, journey. Uh, being with me during that um so that way that bringing god into all the different parts of your life but just having him there with me and knowing that i've i've got he's got my back that even if i do get hurt that i react correct i act, react correctly i i am a good sportsman about it i will admit i am very competitive at sports uh, even though i'm not that good uh, and even like board games i'm the worst so asking god to make sure oh please uh holy spirit bring uh, humbleness to me, bring, uh, the, the, let me just be a good sport and keep our friendships, uh, going. Well, that's, that's how I bring prayer into my sports is keeping me in check. <laughs> so there's a couple of players this year, especially that has been outspoken about their relationship with God and their faith. Uh, one thing that I'd like to say is a lot of them thank their parents, usually their mother, uh, about uh, teaching them their faith, keep letting them grow up in their faith, and instilling this idea of staying grounded, that God is before me. I, I am without, uh, with God, all things are possible, but God needs to be there. And that has been a lovely, lovely part because in, in a lot of films or whatever, you see these football players as being obnoxious, boastful. Um, but these, uh, they're, because it's Euro 2020, the men's version, all these male players are all the ones that are speaking out are very humble and remembering to keep that in mind. Uh, is, that, is that true in rugby as well? Yeah, I think it, it is it's true in rugby. Probably... Uh, there's been sort of more outspoken stuff and more controversial stuff in rugby, particularly with um, uh, an, an Australian uh, player of sort of Islander origins, Israel Folau, who's a, an evangelical Christian. And um, he, uh, I think it was in a, in a tweet, 
um, listed uh, like St. Paul's uh, list of, of vices from uh, from Corinthians, and uh, that got a, an incredibly bad, <laughs> bad, bad, bad reaction. And um, and he ended up uh, losing his losing his contract uh, from Rugby Australia. Ay, ay, ay. Um, he sort of added. Friesen was added that the the head of uh, Rugby Australia at that point was a uh, um, a, a transsexual. Um, so I think there was, there was always likely to be a little <laughs> bit of friction when he yeah. published this list, although that's not listed in that list um, as being problematic. But um, you then had all this sort of really conflicted rhetoric about why Israel Folau could no longer be allowed to have a contract with Rugby Australia because rugby is an inclusive sport, but obviously not inclusive enough to allow somebody with these opinions, um, which have been held by most of Western civilization for the past 2000 years, not inclusive enough for, for somebody who holds onto those to be a part of it, then bring it into an English context, essentially uh, Billy Vunapola, um, uh, one of the two Vinopola brothers who are outstanding players for England for Saracens, he he did a tweet in support of Israel Folau, and then he got censured by his club for for that. But Billy, to his credit, has has kind of in insofar as he can, without sort of losing his sort of contract and his place, um, sort of stood stood his ground. And the the Vinopola brothers speak um, quite candidly about their their faith and trying to remain humble and also the the relationship that they have as brothers and particularly Mako Billy's Billy's brother trying to help Billy keep his feet on the on the ground keeping your feet on the ground uh, but I think it's a difficult balance because part of uh, part of being a really successful sportsman is about having a certain level of, of attitude when you're when you're on the pitch um, and there has to be a bit of showboating and a, and a, a bit of showing to your opponent that I'm really confident and uh, and and I've got the measure of you. And classic at doing that was Usain Bolt. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was brilliant with all, all this posturing. Um, you know, it, I think a part of it was his personality, but another part of it is just very clever um, because you watch a guy like that before the race and he's, he's starting to win the race before you've even uh, set off. And uh, and so it's about the the humility to train really hard, the the humility to accept the the lows as well as the highs. Um, but you do have to, there has to be a, a certain level of front. It's true, ball. it's true, <laughs> Father Toby. When I used to play softball, which is uh, a bigger ball, it's baseball but with a bigger ball. Um, I and I would I wasn't very good at hitting the ball. It would always stay in the infield. But so as I was running to first base, and it was partly. When you grunt or when athletes, I'm not an athlete, but when you grunt or whatever, it helps you get going. But I would really, just running to first base, I was very loud as I was running. And you can run through first base. And usually the first baseman would be standing with one foot on the base and the glove outreached. And I didn't hit very far. So it would, it would always, but I would, that was part of my tactic as well. It was as loud and as scary as I could, like a train hurling myself to the first base that perhaps it would distract the first place there. And it has worked time and time again. <laughs> the, the, my, um, my team used to call me the Choo Choo Helena because I was like a <laughs> locomotive going to the first base. And, and then that, that, that's, a, that's a name that every young girl wants to, uh, wants to have when she grows up, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> when, 
<laughs> when I used to Stuff play, I know, I know. I used to also play neighborhood American football, and I think it was just because I was the oldest. And as girls, you kind of grow taller anyway, and so I was just bigger than the rest of the kids, little the boys playing. And so, and I wasn't afraid to like knock people over in American football. And so there was many times that. um or I would just have my hands outstretched, like when they when I was trying before I would tackle someone. My aunt, you know, you naturally just open your arms and be like, Rah! and um, this one boy ran into my arm, fell down, and it was mainly falling down on the ground that knocked out his two front teeth. But the story was told. Helena, the hammer slammer, took Chris's two front teeth out. <laughs> so it's also known as the hammer slammer. Oh no, we've run out of time, brother Toby. <laughs> oh no, okay. We maybe maybe we we might have to continue because I didn't even get to share like all the different players for the Europe. But anyway, yeah. Join us again next Tuesday. We might have an update. Is that the Euros don't finish this weekend, right? Uh, I don't, I don't think we don't maybe the final is this Sunday. Oh no, so then we might we might have a chat well, on Tuesday. We'll see. Yeah. There might be something better. There might be a new film out, a new book. I don't know. Join us on Tuesdays at 9 o'clock and rebroadcast at 4.30 for Culture Tuesdays with Helena and Father Toby. But Father Toby, could you please send us with prayer? Don't forget those lovely ladies that helped with Father uh, Joseph and our lovely ladies that helped out with Father Mike's uh, first mess. Yeah. Um, I might have to refer to you as the Choo Choo Helena from now on. No, no, don't. Sign off. Goodbye from me and the Choo Choo Helena. Um, <laughs> Lord, we thank you for the the gift of the the vocations of, of Father Joseph and Father Michael, and we thank you for 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 their response, their generosity to your call. We thank you for for all those who've supported them along the way, all those who've nourished their vocations or those who've given them the the strength to continue in in times of trial and we ask that their their priesthood um, might be a real instrument of your grace that they might pour out so many blessings on the people that they're called to serve in their priesthood and we we thank you especially for for all those who who made these occasions of, of joy um, even more joyous by the the gift of their their time in preparing food behind the the scenes in in serving in imitating you in their in their service um and we ask um that you reward them as you always do lord so we ask all this through christ our lord amen amen the thank the father the son and the holy spirit amen, amen. thank you for joining us mm-hmm.